summoned the Scream Writers Podcast, the premier podcast welcoming both veteran and up-and-coming horror screenwriters slaying their craft. <laughs> and now your hosts, Ariel Relaford and Patrick Mediate. Bienvenuto to another episode of the Scream Writers Podcast. I am Patrick Mediate, New York in June on the Twitter, and I'm joined, as I am, every week by the smashing Ariel Relaford. Smashing, darling. Smashing. Smashing. <laughs> and I am also Ariel Relaford on Twitter if you want to give me a follow. Definitely follow Ariel. Everyone follows Ariel. It's it's a trend-setting thing to follow Ariel Relaford on Twitter. If you don't follow her, shame on you. So, <laughs> it is that time of year again. It is the almost end of winter. It's the almost start of spring. It's the rebirth of film festivals. Ooh, ah. It's the time of year where everyone can get their early entries in for a discounted admission to every single festival under the sun, which is billions and billions of film festivals and screenwriting competitions. And it's, uh, it's a wild, wild world out there. For those of you who have yet to submit to a screenplay competition or film festival, we're talking to you today. We are talking straight to you. And for those who have, we're still talking to you. We have some guests on the show today from two incredible festivals. It's also, it's not just film festival time. Did you know this, Ariel? February is Women in Horror Month. I did. Yes. So we have one of our guests today. We have two guests for the price of one. And the first guest today is co-founder uh, founder of Women in Horror Film Festival. And this Yes, yes, she, she's fantastic. And the second guest is with Genre Blast, and they both know one another well. And they're both going to come on the show together and talk about their respective festivals. So we're, we're super excited. And we get to pay homage and celebrate uh, Women in Horror Month. Yes. Yes, it's a good about that. Yeah, it's a good one. But yeah, for those of you who have not submitted to a festival yet, it is the Wild West. It's not hard. It's just like something you kind of have to master. My experience with film festivals has been like hit or miss sometimes. Uh, I think overall it's kind of been positive. Last year with Soul Passage, we submitted Ariel to, I think, 60 film festivals and screenwriting competitions. Holy shit. 60 in every different country, all around the globe, every different community. I mean, like small places, large places. We just submitted to all of them. And I'm really glad I did it because I really learned a little bit about the ins and outs of what it's like to submit to festivals and competitions and what not to do the next time <laughs> for sure <laughs> there there I can let's only say imagine. there yeah there's more don'ts than do's uh, but yeah I, I think the one thing i've learned from submitting a screenplay to all of these uh, festivals is not to submit a screenplay to, <laughs> to 60 festivals it's just a bad idea the the best thing that you can do is do your research on the best film festivals and screenplay competitions the one that matter because it doesn't matter if you submit to a film festival or a screenplay competition and nothing comes out of it the point of submitting to one of these places is to further your career right like isn't that why you would submit to a film festival or competition yeah i I guess like to further the success of your brand of yourself your screenplay to try to get it made i mean that's why we think at least we're submitting to all these places because it gets eyes on them it has a better chance of of getting made because that's like all of our end goals is to get our screenplays made but not all screenplays and competitions are created equal and i realized that quickly so our guests today of course we brought them on because they represent something that's good 
with this world of festivals and competitions. Genre Blast is very well known, and Women in Horror Film Festival is just fantastic. It's a fantastic initiative. They've been around for, for a while now. They have great backing, Vanessa Strific, and they're going to talk a little bit about what their back end is like at the festival, what it's like to found a festival, and what a festival director is, like what they look for, so on and so forth. And then there's the not-so-good uh, festivals, which we will not name any names here, but I will say that I, I certainly participated in festivals and did very well with Soul Passage on in the festival circuit. Very, very well. I think we ended up out of 60, our, like, uh, you know, selection rate, or whatever they like to call it, was around 60%, which is really, really good. That's pretty um, good. Yeah, we won, I think, seven or eight festivals and competitions, flat out won. Um, and we were finalists in in a bunch and quarter finalists and so on and so forth and official selections. But we definitely learned from some of them, even if we won them, we didn't get anywhere. Like we didn't get anything. Some of them, we didn't get anything. Some of them, you know, we won, we got like a trophy or a certificate, which was nice. And it, it's always nice to like for the recognition to know that you won something. But But to tell you the honest truth, some of them like we won it and they're just like, hey, you're the winner. And then nothing happened. No call, not even a trophy, not even a certificate, not even a laurel, not even a pat on the back. I won't name those names, but like, that's just, I, I just, I, something about that just like leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's just like, it's not right. Cause, cause each one of these things you spend, what I spent, I think the, the, the biggest, um, fee submission fee that we paid, uh, Kristen and I, was like $80 to go into one of these things. Oof. 80 bucks, right? And uh, yeah, it, it's just like uh, when you spend that kind of money, you just expect it to return. And if you don't, you you don't go back next year and go into it. But I can say like if you want to know anything about festivals like and you want me to name names and talk about why don't you hit me up on Twitter uh, at New York in June. You can send me a message and, and let me know and we can have a side discussion about um, festivals and I can give you, give you a little guide on like where to go, where not to go. But just again, do your research and just make sure that like these are reputable places. There are some other good ones um, aside from Genre Blast and Women in Horror Film Festival. Um, you know, if you come, you, did you submit like Screencraft Horror is really great um, and it has mm-hmm. eyes on it. Um, uh, Film Quest is really terrific. Um, we're trying to get those guys on a little later as well, guys and girls. Um, Ariel, what others have you have you submitted to any festivals? I have. When I first started, I didn't know what I was doing, and I didn't know how any of this industry worked. So mm-hmm. I was just submitting to like a short of all things to different competitions, like blowing my money, just like burn it at this point. Ugh. And I quickly realized. Like, why? What am I going to do with this this piece of paper that hangs on a wall? Mm-hmm. And so I've been focusing, if I do enter, which is rarely, on competitions that offer, you know, something more than a trophy. So like meetings yeah. or a fellowship, like those are fantastic. So competitions from ScreenCraft or Script Pipeline or Network script ISA. Script Pipeline, yeah. Script Pipeline is a good one. Like those are great because they work with you and yeah. are essentially like, Champion, championing. I can't say this. Champion, championing. Yeah, and they're championing, championing. That doesn't even sound right. Right. <laughs> yeah. That word sounds right. I could just say that all day. Championing. Because they're cheering you on, and they're doing what they can to prove that you know they're in the industry for the right reasons and want to help writers, and they're not predatory competitions. So look out for those, um, and definitely go for the competitions that are advocating for their writers and making sure they see success yeah and then there's the big big ones like that you know i wouldn't even submit horror screenplays to there there are certain you know um prestigious uh screenwriting competitions uh, like sundance labs I, i personally would not submit a true horror screenplay unless it's ex- it like elevated and takes on you know uh multiple genres and, and it and it you know tugs at the heartstrings or something to Sundance Labs. I, I think that might be a a waste. Maybe that's I would reserve that for like um you know the next like Emma or something or whatever the heck. You know, <laughs> Emma's fru, good. Fru, I will fru, watch fru, Anna or, in anything. Yeah, like uh, I Tanya or one of those screenplays. They they should some you know you submit one of those there. Um, but I I, I don't know. I, you got to kind of weigh. Mm-hmm. Some of them have like horror divisions to them, and those are the ones to kind of kind of check out. 
but yeah, just just don't don't rest your laurels on uh, no pun intended on uh, on a bunch of screenplay competitions and film festivals, be- especially for unproduced screenplays, because you could end up spending a lot of money, and uh, you could come out of it with a lot of recognition and nothing to show for it. Sesta. So there you go. But I digress. Let's get our two festival directors, founders. Come on down. Here we go. Vanessa Wright. We'll go with first with Women in Horror Film Festival. Vanessa Wright is an award-winning filmmaker and screenwriter who has written and directed several short films, including a fully authorized Stephen King short film. I got to ask her about that. She graduated from Ohio University with a degree in video production and film, and she is the co-founder and runs the Women in Horror Film Festival in Atlanta, Georgia. Hotlanta! So, Vanessa, come on down! Hi, Vanessa. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be fun. And next up, We have Nathan Ludwig. Nathan is the festival director for Genre Blast Film Festival. The festival is held yearly in Winchester, Virginia, and spotlights short and feature films that are typically independently produced and would not otherwise receive theatrical releases and showcases unproduced screenplays, of course. Why else would we have him on? Anyway, Nathan Ludwig, come on down. Welcome to the show. Hi, Nathan. Hello. Nice to be here. Let me start, Vanessa, with you. And Nathan, feel free to chime in. I know you guys know each other. First off, tell us a little bit about how you guys met and how you know one another. Because I reached out, we reached out to you both separately. And then right. you, you, and then Vanessa, you were like, oh, well, I'm going to come on with Nathan. So yeah. like, tell me a little bit about <laughs> the history here, be, be, yeah. you know, how your relationship. I- invited myself to a (laughs) to this no um we actually met oh god nathan we correct me if i'm wrong because my memory is horrible i thought we met at crimson screen i I want to say correct because you had a film or something like that yes yes so that's where we first met. And then, you know, we kind of crossed paths on the fest circuit. And then you launched Genre Blast, I believe, the year before WIF launched. Yes, um, right right after that. I mean, we were taking submissions for yeah. Genre Blast at Crimson when we met. So we were getting ready for our first year. Yeah. So it was kind of like going to festivals was all of a sudden like a scouting project, basically. <laughs> Yeah. So like, oh, that movie's good. I'd like to play that one. Yeah. Oh, that one's nice. Be like, so so that was basically kind of our mindset at the time. Um, but yeah, it would John Blast was just getting ready to go that year. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, we've just been very supportive of each other's events. And actually I finally got to go to Genre Blast myself uh after every year trying to go there's always been a massive hurricane that ruins everything this year was covid but i still (laughs) was like screw it i'm going (laughs) you're you're tougher than i am because i submitted to genre blast and and was a finalist uh in genre blast for an unproduced screenplay that i had done and i did wasn't brave enough to go to any of the festivals this year unless it was virtual so well i tell you what they did a phenomenal job of keeping it absolutely as safe as possible they were really monitoring everything i mean everybody was far apart everybody had to have masks on there was hand sanitizer everywhere there was no gathering and socializing like there usually is we still were able to obviously watch all of the films which was really great but yeah i mean i think it was this very successful event happening during covid Absolutely. Let's start at the beginning of of your respective festivals. So first off, Vanessa, how did Women in Horror Film Festival come about? And and what does a festival director do or founder? What 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 is your role in the whole scheme of things? I mean, I I do all of it because the (laughs) the hats literally is me. I mean, I'm I'm running it solo. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do ask people very nicely to help out when I need it. Because uh, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a lot. It's a huge event. It started basically, uh, you know, similar to Nathan. I met the co-founder of with Samantha Kolesnik actually going to festivals. We met at a fest out in L.A. We were both screenwriter finalists, and we just kind of started hitting fests together. And one of the things we noticed, especially with the genre fests, is there just was not a large percentage of women present. 
and we were asking where they were. We didn't know. So we decided to launch a fest and really try to put a, a spotlight on the various creative roles within film to really bring out the ladies, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And and not to not to exclude anyone. I mean, I think that was a big misconception in the beginning is, you know, a lot of people assumed this was just another female fest and we only accepted films directed by women and that was it. But we had developed a criteria really to showcase a lot of different roles. And so that the films and the projects and the people coming were really a lot more inclusive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's wonderful because uh, I have a writing partner on my uh, screenplay, unproduced horror screenplay that we submitted uh, last year, which is ke- keeps getting pushed off and pushed off and pushed off, which totally yeah. is. Un- we keep getting the emails like, you know, we really want to do this right. Uh, yeah. You know, and we, you know, and I think everybody understands that right now and, and everybody's sort of with you on that. But it's so nice to see that you embrace writing partners, uh, female, male, par- you know, uh, writing partners, which is fantastic. Well, and, you know, I mean, it's it's takes more than one person to make a film. And, and sometimes it takes more than one person to write that screenplay. And mm-hmm. I think to negate any roles simply because of any gender is wrong. And so mm-hmm. we really wanted to try to celebrate as much as we can and really make a a really inclusive event yeah yeah when you started uh women in horror film festival did female horror writers come out of the woodwork or was it like more of a slow build we must have hit it at just the right time and with just the right people i'm so bummed nathan wasn't there for the first one uh but i think his partner chad had attended that year we honestly we were like oh let's just get you know, some little space, we can pop up a screen, maybe 50 people will show up at max. (laughs) And it ended up being a huge event. We had celebrities. I mean, it was so much bigger than we had anticipated that I think, you know, both Sam and I realized like, wow, I think we're sitting on something kind of special here. Fantastic. And and Nathan, how about uh, genre blast how did that story come about and you become involved and and what is your role there do you kind of wear all the hats too yes i wear many hats <laughs> some of them don't, hats. don't go with any outfits i own but uh, <laughs> i still have to wear them because someone has to do it I, no i started the festival in 2015 my wife and i were getting ready to have our first child and you know you you, you get to that point in your life when something big is about to happen you're like i gotta make something big happen for myself and for my family so let's just take this jump and i my best friend chad we went had gone to film school together and we had tried to make a feature film that was a horrific disaster and will never see the light of day not even in a funny documentary because it wasn't funny and uh, uh we went back to the drawing board and started making short films and they started getting into film festivals So we started going on this journey through this really weird film festival world. I mean, we've been to festivals where there's literally no one there except for like a handful of filmmakers and, and you don't even know where the festival director is. And it's in like this weird hotel conference room, like in the back of a convention center. And you just kind of have to group up with the other filmmakers and like, you know, go, oh, like, where is everybody? And you kind of just have to support each other by going to each other's screenings. I mean, it's, (laughs) it's such a weird world. Um, and we've we've been to the gamut of of festivals with you know great festivals that treat you wonderfully and terrible festivals where you're it's a waste of money so for a hotel and everything and from that we kind of formulated our idea of what would we like to see as a film festival if we were running it and one day I was like well what's stopping us from just doing this and I was like nothing and Chad was like nothing let's just do it and we just started a film festival there really was nothing standing in our way except for us. And there happened to be a brand new, newly renovated state-of-the-art theater in Culpeper, Virginia, which is about an hour outside of D.C., uh, where my family lives currently. And I kind of begged them to, to get us in there. It took a lot of doing, but we finally got in there. And it, we, we had the event the first year there, and it was a huge success. People kept coming up to us and going, how long has this festival been going? Has it been going under another name? And we we're like, no, this is the first year. Like This is like a five- or ten-year film festival, how well it's run. And we just kept going oh thanks because we we just we're just doing what we thought needed to be done we weren't you know trumpeting our amazingness we were just like this is the festival that we would like to attend and the you know the work showed because everyone was like wow so word of mouth kind of got out they're like this is a really cool fest it's the first year so our submission missions shot up and of course as luck would have it 
we were literally the last event to play at that theater before they shut down forever. And now it's being used as like a rock climbing place. Wow. They, they gutted all of the theater equipment. Couldn't they have made they it something cool, screen. cool, like, you know, like a, like an indie theater or something, but a rock climbing, you know, facility. Yeah, it was completely the opposite. The, the board of trustees that ran that place completely mismanaged it and oh, ran out of shame. funds and couldn't get any more funding for it. And this theater that they just renovated for millions of dollars, which looked amazing. Uh, it's right. It's one of those picturesque main streets where it's got the it's got the marquee. It's like right out of a movie, small town, you know, uh, locale. It's perfect for a film festival. And Ugh. we can never go back there because the theater's gone. So right after that happened, it's like, where are we going to go? Richmond wouldn't take us. Richmond has a weird setup for movie theaters because I live right outside of Richmond, Virginia, mm. and nobody was interested. So there's an Alamo draft house about two and a half hours northeast of me, really close to West, um, West Virginia and Maryland, kind of right up in the tip of of Virginia up there. And I was like, well, I love Alamo Draft House. I've been to the Fantastic Fest. I went in 2014. It's my favorite festival ever. It was amazing. It's heaven for movie nerds. I was like, I'm just going to go up to the Alamo Draft House and beg them to, to get us in there. And it didn't really take a lot of doing because he saw how passionate we were. And he saw the pictures from the first festival in our lineup. And Andy Geyerson, who is the creative director there, he just stepped down to go find another profession, but he still hangs out there. He was just amazing and very instrumental in getting John or Blast in there. He was like, yeah, let's let's see how this goes. Uh, the rest is history for John or Blast. So we're very indebted to him and, and the Alamo Drafthouse Winchester because it's part of our identity now for John or Blast. And that's kind of how it started. I can't even believe that we're here getting ready for our sixth year at the Alamo Drafthouse. It's just insane. I just have to pinch myself sometimes because this is, it's going well, so well. I'm not only <laughs> that, but what else is happening with Genre Blast? Yes, it's exhausting just thinking about all this stuff. But yes, we've started uh, Genre Blast Films, which is in a, a truly indie, like low budget, ultra low budget production company. Um, I'm gonna, round of applause for that. That's huge. That is huge. Yeah. Yes. So we're trying to help uh, filmmakers from, thank you very much. We're trying to help filmmakers from the ground up to try to get their productions off the ground. It's not a magic wand where someone sends us a script and we, we, we pay for the film. That's not how this works. We, <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll talk after this, after we stop recording. <laughs> so I have to, you know, we're getting pitches in our email that are just like, basically like, Hey, I have this idea for a screenplay. And I'm like, Oh shit, this is not how this works. You know? Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, so we're working with filmmakers who are serious about and, and have already started, like they, they're, they're intending to make this movie. Mm -hmm. We're, we're here to, to join in with them and give them the extra push and, and the confidence and the backing that is needed in order to really get this film made the right way on time, under budget or on budget and get this movie distributed properly. And we're, we're here as a force for good for those people. That's so mm -hmm. wonderful. And Nathan, I'm sorry, what is the first film on the slate there? <laughs> You're good at this. Um, <laughs> not our, not my first she, time. We, I think our we have a I, th I think we have a third host here. That's that's <laughs> that we're signing on to the show. I'm our available. first film is the feature adaptation of Worst Laid Plans, which is a critically acclaimed horror anthology book from Grindhouse Press, edited by Samantha Koyesnik. So this is all wow, this all comes around. Huge. We've all met each other awesome. on the film festival. We're all we're always talking about what can we do, what can we do, what can we do? And this is just just kind of came together. She'll just message me and be like, Hey, I'm starting a, a a publishing press. And I'm like, okay. And I when when <laughs> she does that, she's like, I'm like, I know she's gonna do it. And the next day she's like showing me graphics for the press and then the day after she's like I already launched the press and I'm like like slow down <laughs> but no when she has something in her mind she does it and I knew when she was like hey you want to be the producer with me on this film I was like I guess we're making a movie because like there's no like we're, we're doing it so I was excited when, when I heard about that it's an amazing group of people five awesome directors are adapting five really cool vacation themed horror stories from this anthology very talented writers and myself and Samantha are producing. So it's like a dream assemblage of people that are all very professional and very talented and are going to get this done. And I, I don't have any doubts about anybody. That's why I'm really excited about this. Well, when you guys uh, get that off the ground, we'd love to have everyone onto the show that's involved with the anthology from a writing perspective to, to chat about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And... One of the really cool things about the festivals are both of your awards, the Lizzie and the Rocket, like, oh, yeah. chef's oh, kiss, yeah. so cool. <laughs> I would be remiss to not mention, I mean, myself and Chad, it's a three-person operation. It's myself and Chad, where we basically watch and judge 
unrate all the movies. We have a couple judges that help us out, but it's mostly us watching this stuff. But my oh, sister, wow. Reagan Ketterer, bears the other brunt of this, the workload, because she does, she makes the trophies, she does the website, she does uh, the t-shirts, the programs, the lanyards, she does any kind of marketing, any kind of visual graphic design, that's all her. So we would be in the red without my sister. It's just ridiculous how much work she does, and she does it so well, and yeah, that, that's the other half of John or Bless I have to always mention because she does so much work for John or Bless. And if you see anything that you're like, oh, that looks cool. My sister did it. I didn't do it. <laughs> I, I feel like we've pulled back the curtain. We, we've pulled back the curtain right now and the wizard's there with all the strings. Like you, you both do a phenomenal job of making your respective festivals look like there's like 30, 40 people working behind the scenes for you guys. Mm-hmm. It's like it's the grandest illusion of them all. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah, it's it's. I wish there were thirty, forty. People. I mean, it's, I could, a, it's a testament a for, to what you guys do. You know, if like it's just. You knew how much I sweat oh during that event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's. But I mean, I do have to say, like, it is a lot of work when it comes to the actual event. Like, I definitely, I always ha- hire a volunteer coordinator and definitely get enough people so that because it's it literally is impossible for one person to be in multiple places at once, but. The great thing about not only the indie film community, but the horror community is it's an absolute community and everybody Mm -hmm. wants to come together and help each other out. And, you know, I mean, it's like, hey, you want to host a Q&A next weekend? Sure. Like, it's not that hard to get people to do something really cool with you. Yeah, it's like it's literally the best community ever. I agree. Yes. And going back to judging how do you pick the judges for the festival screening awards or are you guys the sole judges we have an entire independent panel of judges i have screenplay judges and then i have film judges and we kind of have a two i guess tiered judging system the very first year i literally watched every single film that came in but i mean there's too many now to realistically be able to do that and still be there for my family and do everything else so (laughs) yeah it's it's tough so I mean (laughs) we have and you know I try because our judges are volunteers so we try not to kill them I think we ask for each season that a film judge is required to watch 10 hours worth of content during the judging you know submission period and then similarly we have like a criteria for the screenplay judges but i mean yeah i've got i think 20 film 20 different film judges because you know we have to break it up and i want to make sure that each film is being watched by the same amount of judges and that the rating is fair but basically after that first round of judging we take the highest scored films and that goes on to the second round which goes to our special guest jury which is usually filled with industry professionals and some celebs and they basically go through because once we get to that point we know what's screening and they'll kind of go through and determine what gets nominated and then obviously most nominations wins myself and ariel are both volunteering for tribute so if you need volunteer okay. judges, let us oh, know. Thanks, I'm, I'm volunteering. Yeah. <laughs> I'm volunteering Ariel because uh, I think we would uh, have a lot of fun reading a couple of scripts yeah, or watching I mean, some you know, films. The thing I ask of the judges: one, that they have the time to really critically look at the work; two, that they have to be passionate about the craft and honestly have a love of horror because you know if you don't like it, you're not going to like what you're seeing mm-hmm. and then you know we kind of have just a really simple rubric that you can just score one to ten all the way through and it's relatively simple what criteria are writers typically judged on nathan i've been talking you go first and then i'll go <laughs> i can actually bring up my rubric right here for our criteria uh, our categories are writing ability slash craft is one editing is another no typo spelling grammar etc uh, screenplay, screenplay format knowledge is another big one for me. Dialogue, action scenes and scenes, just action lines and scene description, story and narrative effectiveness, and characters. So those are our categories that we judge. Seven categories there, and then you know they're judged in each of those categories, and then the overall score gives us an impression of what the uh, judge thought about the screenplay. So anything that at this point, especially with screenplays, I don't have the time to read feature screenplays. I just don't. I wish I did because I like reading them. But 
our judges are really good at, at kind of reading them ahead of us and giving us a very accurate score at this point of what the screenplay basically is, especially when it comes to mechanically, the format knowledge, the editing, the typos, the spelling, the grammar, the stuff that's going to throw you off right away mm-hmm. and giving us a good idea of the score. And then I'll go in and I'll read the high scoring scripts so I can have a good idea of what the judges are recommending the finalists be. So that's our basic process. And we have a, a very small core of judges that are here that, that judge basically every year and then I can count on. And then I'll bring in a couple judges each year because it there is a lot of churn with this stuff. A lot of people say, hey, I want to judge. This sounds like fun. And then they get stuff to judge and then they get through a couple and then they quit because they don't realize the time commitment that's involved with doing this. They have to actually watch or read the, the, the project and then give an honest appraisal, not just the number score, but also give us a review. So that, you know, that encompasses some work. And then you have to do that for each submission and people start to realize, oh, I don't really want to do this anymore. Right. So you get a lot of people that just back (laughs) out. Yeah. Yeah, And some people don't even tell you that they're quitting. They just stop reviewing stuff. And then I kind of have to email halfway through and go, are we still there? What happened? (laughs) And you can't be like, hey, why aren't you reading this stuff? Because they're volunteers. So you can't, you can't be mean to them. But at Mm. the same time, you're just as, as a, as a fest runner, you're looking at everything in the macro sense. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, this person hasn't read anything in three months, you know, and they haven't told us anything. So that's kind of annoying, but you have to be professional and contact them and be like, are we done here? Are you, you no want read no more? I, uh, I keep a, I keep a spreadsheet and it's color coded. Whenever I see judges in the red, I'm just kind of like, "Hey, friend, what's mm. uh, what's going on there?" Yep. yep. So uh, you're gonna decide to actually submit your own script next year, huh, Adam? Oh, <laughs> that's the one thing that's hard for us at Genre Blast is is trying to. I, I like to pull from the filmmakers and the screenwriters to be judges because they they know what they're doing and it's easier for them to get to judge because they're used to this stuff. But at the same time, a lot of them were like, oh, I'm, I can't wait to submit something this year. And you're like, oh, my God. You're like, you know, you won last year. How about you do judging for a year? It's just right. like, come on. <laughs> you already won. Let's do yeah. this. Come on. Mm-hmm. Why don't yeah. you help out the festival? Um, well, I think a lot of people, Nathan, I, I don't know. If, I'm sure you've experienced this with judges, but like we'll have people come on who just want to be involved you know, and they'll judge and then they're like, oh my gosh, but now now I'm inspired and I really want to submit something. And it's like, well, Mm -hmm. you can't be a judge and submit, but I have made a rule that if screenwriting judges can submit films, because it's a completely different group of judges and the other way, like if you're a film judge, you can submit a screenplay. And then I am, I'm pretty, this is mostly honor system, but I also know a lot of people now. I also try to make sure that I never give uh, a submission to a judge that knows the writer or the um, yeah. film, because it's then it's kind of like, sometimes. eh, you know, and I'm like, are you just voting? Cause it's your friend. <laughs> yep. Yep. And it's easy to do that too. It's oh, so I'll easy to like social media. That. I'm like, yeah. I know, you know, this person, you're not getting their work. Yep. 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 <laughs> Tis not fair. <laughs> What are some of the trends you've seen with recent horror screenplay submissions this past year or uh, two? As far as we're concerned, well, we get a wide range of stuff. We are a blast of genres, so we don't uh, we don't uh, we'll get we'll get a family drama about a horse. We'll, we'll get <laughs> but you know that, is that we, like the trend of the last year? Horse family dramas. This is like we get a as far as like non horror stuff. We get a lot of historical like historical anything like a historical like sci-fi time traveling movie or historical like uh action movie those are very popular with like older male screenwriters really like historical fiction a lot Mm -hmm. and they like their um you know what if the civil war was fought on the moon and it's just like um well as long as it's well written i'd like to read that but (laughs) at the same time we'll get we'll get just a lot of random stuff like a lot of animated scripts a lot of just weird stoner comedies. There's a lot of that stuff, which is kind of refreshing because I love horror just as much as the next person, but I like to I like to break it up. So I like yeah. to read a story about a about a gnome who travels through time and knows karate. That's a real that. script by the way. And yeah. um, and then read an exorcism script. It's it's cool to be able to jump from genre genre to genre like or, that. Or an exorcism of a gnome that travels somewhere. I I, le- I love those like genre bending horror yeah. slash ro- like cowboys versus aliens type screenplays. Yes. Yeah, that stuff's a lot of fun. We um, I mean, even though we are 
somewhat specific to the horror genre, we try to cast a pretty wide net with that. Just because, I mean, I, I you know, there's so many little, I guess, subgenres that that really can fall under horror. We do get a lot of kind of supernatural screenplays. You know, it's interesting. You can kind of see the trend. This happens both with film and screenplays, but a lot of times whatever's kind of currently happening in the world will show up through the lens of horror. Yeah. So it's not like one year that like demons are in or, you know, exorcisms are in, you know. Yeah, we had a lot of cannibal films, I think, year two. I was like, something's, something's going on. It's in the air. <laughs> something's, yeah, so, something's in the air. <laughs> it's like we're eating people again. It's <laughs> <laughs> just the same guy submitting under different pseudonyms. Right. Was it, right. Was it all Army Hammer? <laughs> yeah, was it, okay. Too soon? Oh. We're, we're, we're already getting sued by so many people. We're, we're, we go there, so we're not afraid. What are the main reasons for uh, a writer to submit to a film festival? I know this sounds like a like a layman's question, but really, like, why should someone submit to a film festival? Like, what what should they expect? I think a lot of the benefit of you know entering and then honestly, it's the attending of the festival because it really is a great way to network. If you are a writer and you want your work produced and you want to see it on screen and you're not a filmmaker yourself you're you know it's a great place to find other filmmakers and to just talk to people and network and make contact because I and I'm sure Nathan can attest to this I've seen so many writers come to a fest one year with a screenplay and they come back the next year and it's a film absolutely and I would say to 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 go one further I agree with Vanessa's point 100% I've seen it on social media um, happen a lot. Screenwriters will be like, well, I didn't get anything out of that festival. Well, it's because you didn't come. You didn't attend. You right. didn't come to the festival and network when screenwriters show up because, you know, first and foremost, I'm a writer. That's that's my main thing when it comes to movies. I'm a writer. I've always been a writer. So when screenwriters show up to the festival, I love to greet them firsthand and uh, introduce them to a director or a producer that's at the festival because I want that to happen to me. I want a festival director to go, hey, there's a director over there who's looking for material or possibly looking for material. Hey, there's a producer, you know, et cetera. And yeah. if you don't come to the festival, if you're just there to collect your laurel and then move on and go, well, I'm, why isn't anyone making my movie? It's because you're not networking. It's because you're not pressing the flesh. You're not meeting people that can do things for you. You're not making these relationships. So I, I would say to the screenwriters who are listening, if you were like, well, I don't have anything, so I don't go to a festival, you should probably go to some festivals once everything clears up because it would behoove you. you you'd be so surprised who you're going to meet at a festival. You never know unless you go. Especially um, even if you if your project is not in the fest, still go. I mean, mm -hmm. if you have... If you have stuff written, I mean, get some business cards, go introduce yourself, pitch, give them the elevator pitch. I mean, yep. why but not? It, it, what, what are the reasons that you should not submit to a film festival that you, or a screenplay competition that you have something in your mind? Like, I want to submit to this because I know if I submit to this, I will be produced. I will, you know, uh, there's a chance that my life will be complete and uh, we will make my movie and so on and so forth. Like, are there unrealistic expectations that people have coming into submission of uh, a screenplay? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot. But I mean, the other side of that is, I mean, it just depends on how you look at it. I mean, yeah, I think there are a lot of people that, you know, they write that screenplay and it's like, okay, I'm going to submit and it's going to, you know, it's going to get in and I'm going to make a million dollars and I'm going to be the next, you know, enter whoever you like there, you know, mm -hmm. it depends on the fest. I mean, you know, on film freeway alone, there's over like 10,000 festivals listed on there. And uh, I hate, I mean, a lot of them, a good percentage of them are not worth your time and money because they mm -hmm. just are there to collect money. And, you know, if you're a collector of laurels, it's fine. I personally don't think laurels do anything for you. Mm -hmm. um, I have never met a single screenwriter or filmmaker who is just walking around with laurels printed all over the front of their thing. And <laughs> they look fancy, a... though. I think Khan did that. I think, <laughs> I I think mean... Khan made that cool. <laughs> like the laurel is like a thing. It, it's fine. Same thing with like winning. I mean, as cliche as it is, I mean, if you've gotten yourself to a point where, you know, you're the best of the best and you're in the fest, 
I mean, that really is a win. I mean, it's cool to be able to walk home with the trophy, but that trophy is not getting you a job. All right. But it's, it, you know what it is doing, though? It's building your confidence and self-esteem it as a writer. It absolutely is. But right? you can also get, build confidence without needing the, you know what I mean, the the thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad we're, just, we're getting to the crux thing. of this. Yeah, I'm, 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 that's where I'm sort of getting here is that it's like a temporary kind of feel-good thing like I think every other award is. Even an Academy Award and Oscar yeah. feels great. It's, it's all recognition, but like it's not the end-all, be-all, and it doesn't it doesn't mean your screenplay or your film is any less you know superior to anything else. It just means that's who won. Like you got to pick someone, right? Right. And the recognition is great. And there are absolutely some competitions out there that those accolades do mean something. You know, I mean, if, if you write a screenplay and you you win the nickel or the page, you know, I mean, writers know about that. That that's that's pretty prestigious. But, you know, your run of the mill. Oh, let me just type in a keyword on Film Freeway and enter my screenplay. I mean, this is why, and Nathan, you could probably speak to this too. I always tell people like, please research the event because this, you can spend a lot of money. Mm -hmm. I have spent a lot of money, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Vanessa. I spent like, between my co-writer and I, we spent like over $2,000 on submission fees last year. Um, but we, we, we you could have made it. a short film for that. We could um, have made a short film for that. Um, but we decided to, it was an experiment as well. Yes. You know, we, we wanted to experiment about what this was like and, and we're glad we did it because it, it taught us about the film festival circuit. Yeah. And you know, word of mouth too. I mean, just talking to other, um, screenwriters anywhere on social media about, you know, what, what, what fast, what events do you like? What competitions are good? You know, I mean, people talk, it's good to kind of find out. So you don't get burned. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think we've all made those mistakes where it's like, I can't believe I spent all of that. And that was not worth my time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me. This is, this is a great, this is a great segue. Cause you, you, you've, you're touching on this, but like, you know, I, I think screenwriting festivals um, and film festivals and competitions have, have gotten sort of a, a bad rap over the years, uh, mm-hmm. especially the last few years. And then there's groups and message boards and different articles that have been written about some less than kosher practices of what happens to your money after you submit these things. And is someone really judging these things? And, you know, you've got pop up festivals. When is a screenwriter looking to submit to a festival? What should they look for as a seal of approval? kind of to to like this is something i should submit to like what's the like the litmus test for submissions for screenplays is there one or is it kind of just like follow your intuition do you or is it just like we said do your research and see what other people have said about it i think you need to focus on writing a good screenplay before you do anything else and when i say writing a good screenplay i don't mean following trends what's hot right now zombies what's hot right now you know uh musketeer whatever that is don't Mm -hmm. don't follow trends write what you want to write and if it's good and it connects with people it will advance in screenplay competitions. I've read so many screenplays that just are so transparent. And you can tell that they watched a couple films and then they read a couple screenplays and they're like, well, this is what's hot. This is what's selling. I'm going to write this. And there's no, there's no connection to the writer. There's no voice. And especially with screenplays, when you compare it to fiction, you really have to have your format and your, um, your knowledge of the format down when you're writing a screenplay as opposed to fiction because you've got to take out all, all that internal dialogue and all of that meandering, which can be great in a book, but you've got to get to the point in a screenplay. And if you're just there at copy and pasting someone else's film, it is so boring to read. I can't stand reading a bad screenplay because it, with a bad movie, I can go do some laundry or I can do some, you know, crunches or something while I'm doing it. There's, there's no, <laughs> yeah. You can't do crunches while you're reading a screenplay? No. You've never tried that one? No, no. there's no escape with a there bad is, screenplay. There is, and you know it, right? In the first, like few pages the first yeah. if I you know if this writer is going to be that kind of screenplay where it's like drudgery for the rest of it and it mm-hmm. and it stinks because like you you still have to give them the benefit of that and just read it because they've paid the submission fee and you want to read it again to give them a fair shake but you know this is not going to go in the right direction no absolutely yeah. not. Ugh. I love weird offbeat screenplays where the writer is clearly probably partially crazy but <laughs> they, they know how to write and you're like oh my god like this is like really good like yeah and yeah. and and another thing i want to 
to stress to about screenwriters like stay in contact with the film festival if you get selected this goes for filmmakers too if you get selected i'm not saying write a gushing email to the festival thanking them for changing your life but you could at least send an email and say hey this is cool thanks appreciate it mm -hmm. there are some screenwriters and filmmakers i've been, we've been doing this for six years that i have never heard from in years mm. and and they got into the festival and and they sent us their film or their you know whatever and they got their laurels but i've never heard from them and i'm just like why would you go to the trouble of submitting looking at a film festival and go hey this looks cool and submitting to it and then never never opening a contact with the festival ever what yeah. is that like that's a really that's a really good point because i think a lot of writers they get a selection right which is a huge accomplishment it's wonderful if you selected your screenplay or film to be in your festival that's a huge honor or a finalist or whatever but because they didn't win or place i think and i can't like i'm just surmising but like I can see a lot of writers, they get a little like, oh, well, they didn't pick us to win, so why should we write any, you know, it's like, yeah, I just feel like maybe there's some I, I, like I think tension that, you know, there. Yeah, writers are very internal, and I get yeah. it. I'm, I'm a writer. Yeah. I, I get that way, too. You know, I get rejected all the time from from submitting to fiction and screenwriting and filmmaking, and I've gotten used to it where I'll just look at it and go, hmm. And then I count to 10 and then I go on with the rest of my day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you have to do that. And, and I have to do it being in the position that I am. If I'm also submitting to festivals and then I I go, well, you know, well, screw you. I, that looks bad as a festival director. I can't do that <laughs> even if I wanted yeah. to. So yeah. it's just really weird because, yeah, it, it, it some of the screenwriters just need to understand that. Yeah, you had a really good screenplay, but so did these other 15 people, too. Yeah. And just because we chose them over you doesn't mean they're more special than you. It just means that for this year at this time, the judges and myself and Chad, we've read the, these screenplays. And this is what we think based on similar submissions. Maybe your submission is similar to another one. Maybe this is mm -hmm. the one that one stands out above yours, even though yours is a very well written interesting screenplay this one might be more unique a more dynamic mm -hmm. it's not necessarily we're not necessarily picking movies that could be made into a movie easier we're just picking stuff that we think stands out above the rest so and and there's so many factors that can go into that along with films too that i think a lot of people that are submitting don't realize when we you're not selected or you don't win it's not us going look at you you suck it's mm -hmm. it's going oh my god we have all these movies to look at and pick what are we going to do and mm -hmm. we have to we have to come up with the best solution for the selections and 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 the screenplays and go okay this is our plan this is the best thing that we can do hope it works and then here's the list and so people are kind of sometimes taking it the wrong way. They're looking at it from a different perspective. And I get that. But it's never about the individual. It's never about you're not good enough to win or you're not good enough to be selected. It's always about you're really good. We have to pick a winner. That's just the way that the structure, yeah. social structure mm -hmm. works. If we could give a first place out to the seven best screenplays that we like, we like all of them, but we have to pick a winner, unfortunately. And mm -hmm. this year, it's unfortunately not you, but you're still really cool. So yeah. well, come hang out with yeah, us. Yeah, I, I think part of it, too, is we're kind of in this mindset now, generationally, I think, where it's like everyone needs a participation medal. Mm -hmm. We're all number one. But I mean, bottom line is, if you're going to put your work in a competition, as cold as this sounds, it's a competition. So mm -hmm. if you don't want to compete and can't handle it, I wouldn't suggest doing it. If you can't handle um, the heat, get out the kitchen. Yeah, I mean, if you yeah. if you're and if you're gonna cry and whine when it doesn't <laughs> do what you want it to do again, like I I don't know I I don't have this maybe is not the place for you. Don't do this. <laughs> maybe not stop, the career. Maybe not the career either. Because if you can't eat some humble pie during a, a competition or a festival, you are not going anywhere in the, the when you get to like the actual no. submission for like producers and trying to get managers. I mean, like you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of rejection. You're gonna be told no yep. way more times Ugh. than you will be told yes. For for every ten no's, you get one yes. You know, and I yeah. think if you can't develop that thick skin to let it brush off of you and know that it's not personal, I it, this is not the business for you. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, sure, it's going to sting a little bit in the beginning, but, you know, you move on, you knock on the next door, you know, yeah. or start your next screenplay. I mean, if it's really not working, like maybe it's yeah. not working, like start your next else. screenplay, then you're next. Exactly. And, yeah. You mentioned something about Nichols, uh, the 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 Nickel mm. Fellowship, Nickel Fellowship, yeah. Sundance Labs, and like the bigger, big, 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 big 
Um, yeah. do, do, do you think there's a place for genre and horror films in those types of festivals? Because uh, yes. we were having this discussion, Ariel and I, in the onset, and I know it's like a resounding yes, right? But like, I, for some reason, like, I get a weird feeling that those particular festivals are more for like the... Um, how do I say, like the uh, indie kind of, you know, like I, Tanya, like kind of screen, like something that's yeah. going to be an Oscar winner. And they kind of take horror and like or genre films and put them on the back burner. Is that? Yeah. What do you think I, about that? I, I think you're correct. I think that does happen. I think horror is still the dirty word of film. There have been amazing horror films that have won Academy Awards, but mm -hmm. they don't call them horror. They're social thrill. Elevated horror. They're, yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a BS yeah. term. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that. Yeah. Because yeah. what what does that mean? I mean that's such it's it's insulting. Yeah, it's rude. Horror can be extremely intelligent and thought provoking, and most of it is. I mean, you want to know what's going on in the world? Go watch a horror movie. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. That's, I think, a trademarked quote from my friend Scott Bradley. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's great. No, I, I love that. That's, but it's that's so true. great. He says that all the time. And, and I really do agree with that, you know. And I don't know why we have this view that horror is just, you know, dirty and, and doesn't belong alongside, you know, other cinema. But I yeah. think it does. And I, I think competitions like that should be more open. And I think they should go ahead and call it horror. I don't think it needs another word. <laughs> yeah. And the Academy has opened up to horror. I mean, but I don't see a get out. I see that being uh, nominated as a film in, in its own place there. But I, I for some reason, I just don't see Nickel or Sundance Labs or one of those accepting like a get out as a screenplay above something that's more uh focused on you know something a little bit more oscar yeah. oscar feely you know right yeah i mean I, I i think they probably are looking for those oscar feely things um and yeah. i think we just have a little bit further to go if we really want to try to make it happen in in this genre but i mean how many academy awards was the exorcist nominated for a bunch oh boy. i'm sorry that is a horror film yeah and what a, what a great time and place but like it's it, one of those things it's like you know when i look at the exorcist i do think we're in a different place now mm -hmm. just because during that time during like the 70s it just was such a progressive time for film yeah. as a whole and such an experimental time and it was like anything goes so it's just it feels like a film like that would be embraced then but i don't know necessarily if a film that overtly out in the open would be uh accepted as much today and that's a little weird to think yeah for Very sure weird to think just the, that that things are not i'm going to go backwards but they're just different they're people it's prioritizing in different ways um yeah. different genres but hey i'll go even further to say silence of the lambs is a horror movie like oh, oh absolutely yes absolutely it's 100%. not a thriller i think it goes further than a thriller it is a horror film and you can tell the, the cut of someone's jib, the way they talk about Silence of the Lambs. If they can't even bring themselves to say it's a horror film, you got the problem. Mm -hmm. It's um, mm -hmm. it's it's totally a horror film. I mean, if, even if you read the book, I mean, the book is even more of a horror book. It's mm -hmm. it's ridiculous how horror-y it is. Well, you just said it. Like, they can't even bring themselves to say it. Like, why? Why is horror such a dirty word? Right. Just say I it. I don't get it. Have Friday the 13th and the Nightmare on Elm Streets and the slasher genres and the screams, have they put, like, par in a box to be something that, like, because those films are their own guilty pleasure, but I don't see a Nightmare on Elm Street or a Slasher or a Scream being nominated for a, an Academy Award or an, or an, being a nickel-like finalist. Yeah. No, I mean, know. I think it was just that's, you know, those were that that's the type of horror movies that studios were making that were mm -hmm. that they called it horror. So then, yeah, that becomes kind of the benchmark. Mm -hmm on how to define what horror is, but it, it's much more than just, you know, a slasher. It's more than just people running through the woods and tripping and falling onto a machete. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, at that point, you're just talking, I don't know, effects and silly stunts and, and jump scares, but yeah, 
what I like when I'm writing horror and Ariel, you can probably speak to this as well with uh, your screenplays because I've read a few of Ariel's screenplays as well. But we take things that are going on in the world, the human condition, the, you know, the, I don't, again, elevated horrors is such a, not a fair or uh, appropriate word to put on it, but um, we explore themes and cultural situations in a horror screenplay. And I think you can, a good horror film and a good horror screenplay like does that. It, yeah. it has it has different nuances and it and it and it says more than what's just on the page or on the screen. Oh, before absolutely. I forget, I want to say about the Nickel Fellowships. Do you know what what movie what script won a Nickel Fellowship? I gotta know horror uh, or genre film. Season of the Witch. No way. Really? With Nicolas like Cage and Ron Perlman. The Nicholas Cage Season mm-hmm. of the Witch. Yep, that won a fellow. It wow. also won like a Razzie, didn't it? It did. So I, I'm guessing that the, I'm guessing that, that the screenplay was is a lot better. Balances it out. I'm guessing that the screenplay was a lot better than what we saw in yeah. the final film. Yeah. But it it that like I agree that overall that the academy is more like okay horror whatever. Mm. But I think when a script strikes a chord, uh, any genre, it can make it into the nickel fellow. Like Armored made it made a nickel fellow. That was that heist movie mm. with like Matt Dillon and uh, a couple other. Uh, supporting actors like that came out in like 2009 that made a nickel fellowship this is giving me hope nathan so like, you can write genre films and if if you get lucky and in, in whatever year you submit and you get the right judges you can make it it's just don't give up hope is all i'm trying to say to writers don't give up hope oh never never give up the hope and if if you're not winning and people aren't looking at it go find a ragtag group of filmmakers and go make it and put it out in the world amen go to these go to these medium tier festivals you know, the festivals that 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 embrace genre and come as a screenwriter and start networking. And, you know, one of the great things about Genre Blast is once the awards are over, people are like, man, I, I can't wait to to work on this next screenplay and submit it just so I can hang out at Genre Blast and say I have a project here. Like yeah. a lot of people are making content just to show at Genre Blast. Without Genre Blast, they wouldn't be making that stuff, which is awesome to see. And it's really, really um, emboldens us to keep going because we have like a whole we'll have a whole block of shorts that like are made just for genre blasts so they can come and hang out and say, Hey, look what I made. And the other person is like, Hey, look what I made. We're, we're, we're both showing this together at genre blast. And they, they really get a kick out of that. And so do we. And, you know, to speak to that, that's kind of the most amazing thing I've seen at a lot of these fests. Um, You know, when you asked before about why go everyone there truly is supportive of one another. It's really awesome you know, especially as a filmmaker, because you can't really look at a screenplay at the fest. But, you know, when your film is playing, like everybody is cheering you on, even the people that are competing alongside you. And it's really nice to kind of have everyone embracing each other like that. Uh Uh It is. It is. And on that topic, when screenwriters have their screenplays and, you know, tip top shape, how do they submit to your festivals? What are the cutoff dates and when do they take place? So our listeners know when to submit. Sure. Um, well, uh, <laughs> we've women in horror has pushed the dates out again. Um, we refused to go virtual and our venue uh, is still not open to the public. So we decided to push it out. So we are actually open for submissions through December 31st. We are open until, and then our notifications go out in February and our event is going to be March 3rd through the 5th of 2022. So we have like a whole year away for the next one. For Women Horror, you just kind of keep um, the competition, I guess, mounts and mounts, right? Because it would have been last year's screenplays than this yes. year's. So it's, it's actually could be one of the more competitive years for the festival. It probably will be. Um, <laughs> if you if are, you get something this year, you're like, you We know. are being very flexible with this next one because I know, especially with, you know, I mean, our last event was last February. That was like the last big event before everything shut down. So it's going to be almost exactly two years since the last one. So we have been talking to filmmakers and screenwriters and, you know, I mean, there's filmmakers who are like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm supposed to get a distribution deal, but what if I get in? I'm like, it's fine. As long as your distributor, you know, there's no problem there. Like we'll still, we'll screen it. It's, it's going to be kind of a weird year. If people have hit the end of their run, if they want to withdraw, we'll work with them. Like we're just trying to be really, really flexible with everybody because it's, 
it's out of our hands. I mean, who knew that there was going to be a global pandemic that shuts everything down for as long as it has. Yeah, you guys got in right under the wire with your festival because I remember because I really wanted to go and I couldn't yeah. go to work. It was, I mean, everybody was talking about it. I remember I was at the bar and Amanda Wiss was like, the plane ride was so weird. <laughs> you know, when we were all kind of making jokes about hand sanitizer and I mean, had it been a week later, it wouldn't have happened. We had Grindsploitation the first weekend in in um, in March in Chattanooga. That's Chad, my partner Chad's festival, the Grindsploitation Film Festival, and it was happening right. We were literally sitting in the lobby when we found the news that they shut down South by Southwest, and yeah. we looked at each other. We we're like, mm. "Oh no!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a sign of things to come. <laughs> it was probably the last event we're all going to go to. <laughs> yeah, that yep. was huge. I remember that too. I just when I heard South by Southwest, I'm like, "This." It was funny when I heard that. Then I, that's when I knew the pandemic was real. Yeah. <laughs> like until until South by Southwest ended, I, and I think a lot of other people were in the same boat. It was like once that happened, shit's getting real now. You know, yeah. well, mm -hmm. um, because that that takes a lot. You're going to see, speaking of like trends, you're going to see uh, in both festivals, um, the uh, uptick in pandemic horror films for sure. Oh, yeah. I oh, yeah. Be prepared. Can't wait. <laughs> we, we actually did have a live festival last year, Labor Day weekend. And and I was like, no pandemic films unless they're really, really good, because mm. Nobody wants to watch that while they're at a festival wearing a mask. Right. So, you can have the um, nice little pandemic block. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We'll have to, you know, cordon that off, social distance that block. But um, as far as our dates are concerned, we have a deadline coming up. March 8th is our regular deadline. Um, and then it goes about every three months for us. June 8th will be our late deadline. And then our extended deadline, or you better hurry up and get it in now, is July 8th. That's the drop dead last day we're submitting, uh, accepting submissions. And then we usually have our notifications about a week after that. So, and then our, our event is every Labor Day weekend. We're kind of a destination fest now, September 2nd through 5th this year. It's every Labor Day weekend from now on until the draft house gets tired of us. Um, and we are planning on having a live festival again this year. I mean, we had one last year, so we're going to have a live festival this year. If we pulled it yeah. off last year, we're doing it this year. You can and totally. The reason do it. for that is because the Alamo Draft House is open for business. If the Alamo Draft House had shut down last year or shuts down this year, then there's no live festival. That's literally the only reason that we're having live festivals is because the Alamo Draft House is open and they do things safely and efficiently, and we're on board with them, and they're on board with us. Yeah, and hit hit the early uh, entry uh, deadline, you know, because the, the earlier, I think a lot of listeners should know this, that the earlier you submit, the better price, you know, your submission yes. price is. So definitely try to get in on the early deadline or tr at least like the, the early, one of the earlier deadlines um, and not wait till the final because then you pay like three times more to submit the same yes. thing. It is, it is pretty expensive trying to get in right under the wire. Speaking of which, I, I will totally create a uh, discount code for your for your listeners for anyone Aww. who wants to submit this year um Thanks, vanessa yeah absolutely so i love i want to i want to see some cool we, stuff we we have so <laughs> many as many talented talented female horror writers that are fans of the show and in our community that would love to like submit um, yeah and i know writing teams too so this is just yeah wonderful. that's perfect love it it's just been such a pleasure getting to hear about your festivals and what's next. And uh, we like to ask our guests a question before they leave. So for both of you, what scares you? Ooh. <laughs> so many things. <laughs> I mean, the best thing. Are we talking I, like horror tropes or are anything, we talking like existentially? Anything. <laughs> any, we're talking anything, anything that, that's, that scares you. Do you want a list? Literally, I'm afraid of everything. I won't go in haunted houses <laughs> you, at Halloween. You, I don't like you and bugs. Ariel. Yeah, I don't um, like bugs either. I I don't <laughs> like going into. I won't go investigate strange noises. I don't go into dark rooms if the lights don't work. I don't go in. Mm -hmm. um, what about horror? What about horror screenplays? Like what? What usually topics are the supernatural, like zombies? What? What demons. really kind of? God, I'm you? scared of demons. I demons. Don't know why. Demons. <laughs> demons. It's the damn demons. <laughs> Demons scare yes. me too. The movie Demons scares me. Uh, yeah, I'm I shouldn't <laughs> say that out loud because now they're going to come after me. <laughs> now, yeah. do something Self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Nathan? Um, the easy answer, I am terrified of. I uh, like the, the themes in horror movies that terrify me or like excite me, I guess. I don't know. Isolation, um, mm -hmm. doppelgangers. Mm. I am terrified. Ooh, of good one. Ooh. 
God, you um, look scary. One. That's scary. Like that's my fear. Um, Put that on my it, list. If you want to really get weird, <laughs> this is this is going to get weird. So just bear with me. One of my deep-seated subconscious fears that wakes me up at night sometimes is this will never this is never possible i guess until technology evolves is being randomly teleported to like a place of isolation and i have no way to get get away from it like, <gasps> I, if, if, that's if, like, awful i'm deposited like in the middle of the ocean or in the arctic oh. or on top of a skyscraper and i have no <laughs> way of escaping like by an alien spacecraft or something like you're that, abducted that from your yeah like, that's like just, that no, is scary there's no reason. Uh, it's like it's like an irrational fear. And Nathan, I'm there terrified is an episode, of all of those places you mentioned. <laughs> there is an there's an episode of Rick and Morty where they are doing like the second interdimensional cable episode where where the dad is getting an operation in in space and they and the rest of the family is sitting down to watch interdimensional cable. And there's a show called How Did I Get Here? And it's literally a woman gets teleported to like the top of a building and she has no way to get down and they're all laughing at her. I'm like, this is my fear manifested. How the hell? Like, like there are other people that have this fear. It freaked me out so bad. I was like, oh my God. That is scary. I haven't heard of that one yet, but it's scaring me too. Like I'm going to have a nightmare. Thanks. So you're welcome, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm guessing you love the hunt then. The hunt? Mm Mm-hmm being dropped some like yeah like or hunger oh, games yeah, yeah, or yeah. or battle royale where you're just dropped in the middle of a field and you have yeah to i wouldn't survive one of those movies i no. would just be that guy who complains about everything <laughs> bye-bye what i would no. dig a hole and hide the whole time <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna get an influx of these types of scripts now nathan just just from all <laughs> yeah. the listeners and you're gonna yeah. be like oh my god that's actually flattering i would like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a it's a good way to try to get the attention of the best director, scare them. <laughs> oh yeah, out of me. <laughs> Thank you both for coming on the show, Nathan and Vanessa. This has been a blast. No pun intended, Nathan. Um, really you get that a, all the time. Yeah, just a really really <laughs> fun time. You're both great, and we hope to to get you both on the show in the future in a different context, um, whether yeah. it's one of your films or something you've written. We'd love to have you back. I'd love exciting. to be I'd back. This was a, yeah, I'd love to this be back. was awesome. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thanks again, guys. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Thanks for joining us today on this very special episode to kick off the festival season and celebrate Women in Horror Month, the month of February. As she said she would, Vanessa and our friends at the Women in Horror Film Festival are providing us with a special discount code for entry into their festival this year if you head on over to film freeway uh, you can use the code screamwriter at checkout for 30 percent off your submission fee really generous of them we've got more fun on the way in the coming months ariel i think we're just gonna stick in season one for like the rest of our lives until we just get exhausted and, and just pass out and i don't have a problem with that because we just have guests left and right that, that just want to come on the show we have a lot a lot a lot more to say in this season and we're gonna keep on going but until next week when we meet again as always you can find us on the social networks and you can also visit our sponsor 1428 street 1428 ST on Facebook. Head on over there. You get 15% off your order with code ScreamWriter. They create these fantastic horror knives and they'll also draw like your favorite horror art on any item that you have. Like if you have a baseball bat, I I got a baseball bat from them, which was really cool. Or uh, thinking of random items, I don't know, an iron. If you want like, you know, Kevin McAllister's face painted on an iron, Go for it. Doesn't have even have to be hard. You could just they'll just paint whatever you want. You got a sister, just send her send her over and they'll paint your sister. Who it doesn't matter. They'll, they'll paint anything. Um so go over there, code screamwriter at checkout for 15% off. Anyway, how can people find us, Ariel, on social? If you're going to mail a human to be painted, make sure there's air holes in the box. <laughs> Please. Please do. We don't want to be sued again. We've been sued so many times by so many different people. Aaron Sorkin sued us 50 times already. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at ScreamwritersPC and on Instagram at ScreamwritersPodcast. And if you want to be on the show or have any questions, visit ScreamwritersPodcast.com and fill out our contact form. Until next time, keep writing. And stay scared. You see?